on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. A lot of my work is on my social media. We have a website just because the world says we need a website. <laughs> Say I spent $100 on a lead on Angeles. I could spend $100 on Instagram and get seven leads. But I'm not mad at Angie's home advisor because that was the way in. They right. gave the way into the business. And then we moderated. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got James McLean on the King stage. My brother, how you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? You know, I'm incredible. We were just talking off stage. My, my, little, my little kiddos are going to school for the first day back today. Mm. Yeah, we're talking kids and life and all that fun stuff. So I'm excited to continue the conversation here. James, tell us what kind of business that you have, my brother. I have a construction business that we consist of doing construction work on homes, not really commercial style, but more residential home remodeling. This time of the year, we focus a lot on decks and patios, a lot of outdoor spaces. So obviously in the wintertime, we may migrate a little bit into the basement factor, but kind of find out our niche here is being outdoors. So it's yeah. an outdoor construction company. That's great, man. Yeah. There's a, there's a growing love from a residential perspective of the outdoor space and the outdoor kitchens and the outdoor just family area. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people like to be outdoors when they can be. Yeah. And so we've got, we've got a lot to get into here. I've, of course, I want to hear about the business and, and your story. Before we do all that, I want to know for you as business owner, as a man, as a dad, we've talked about that already off air, but why do you, like, you've been doing this, you've been successful and you're still doing it. Why? What drives you? Honestly, my drive is, is my family. So that's always been my drive is to make sure that my family is, is taken care of. Right. So yeah, yeah. there's really no way around that to me. That's you got to, everybody got to find a motivation and that's my motivation there. So that keeps me going and my times get hard. Think about my family. When I started my business, you know, I always look at like like these top business owners, right? Of like maybe the Amazons and the sure. WalMarts and the top. So somebody had to start that business, right? Somebody had to bring it. I what I call it, kind of bring the business out of the mud. You had to start somewhere. So I look at it as though I need to do when I start this business. When I hand it down to my kids, you know, I've done a lot of the the blood, sweat, and tears into it. So. Yeah. bring it out of the mud and bring it up to some, you know, a trophy on top of a shelf. Right. So, so when they get it, they, they take it to the next level, but they don't have to go through all the stuff that I had to go through learning the business and the construction side and stuff like that. They can just take it to the next level and skip over all that, all that yeah. stuff down there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and there's a lot of, <clears throat> I think a lot of owners like you and I, who think like that, where it's like, I want, I want their floor 
to be my ceiling. I want their just you know their baseline to be my shoulders, right? Standing mm-hmm. on on what it is that I've already been able to accomplish. In fact, I've said it like this a couple couple ways for those that you know know the know the story of David in the Bible. It's like I see myself and what you just said. That's very similar. The language that I use is I see myself as a David and gathering the things necessary so that my kids can you know build the temple, if you will. Yeah. And so I love I love that motivation. Yeah. Where did like has that all? I mean, you haven't always had kids, but has that always been like the legacy play for you? Been been the motivator? Was it something Actually, different early on? No, because technically speaking, I was I didn't always I own a business. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I used to be I was in construction field for fourteen years. So, got it. You know, in the cable industry and and doing my side hustle on the side. But it really didn't really come into effect until I really want to start business until, you know, started having kids, family, married, you know, start having kids and stuff like that. And something that I, like we always want something to pass on to our kids. So really having a, my own business coming up, graduating out of high school. No, I didn't really think about that. I was trying to have fun at that point. So <laughs> right, right. There's a different stages we go through, right? <laughs> yeah. So life started getting a little serious and stuff. And, you know, I decided to take it to the next level per yeah. se and do did things a little different. You know, it's been a fun road, I, I call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so like, just, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, you know, cause I think a lot of people relate to, you know, what we say of like legacy or leaving something um, for our kids, but obviously things have grown over the course of time for you. I'd, I'd love to know, you know, may, tell us how, maybe how you got started in business. Obviously you were in the industry beforehand. Tell us how you got started in business and then maybe we'll circle back around to how that has changed the, you know, the motivation over the course of time. So it's in my blood. Let me tell you why. So my dad, James McLean, the third, I'm the fourth. Okay. Has, wow. Had, you yeah. talk about legacy, bro. Yeah. That's, so, that's yeah. legacy. Yeah, yeah. So he has had businesses long as I can remember. Long as yeah, he had a beeper business back in the day. A <laughs> beeper business. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> he had a beeper shop back in the day. <laughs> uh, so currently today he has his own driving school, his own yeah. photography and videography studio and business. Yeah. So I feel as though it's kind of a kind of in my blood. So it kind of came off kind of natural, kind of a little sure. natural talent a little bit. But you only can you only can have so much natural talent in the business. You still got to really learn the business. So that's right. So when I started my business in 20, actually, my LLC got formed in October 2020 in the middle of COVID. Wow. And people kind of come crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Starting my business in the middle of COVID. Right. But my mindset at that point in time, I want to kind of ride that market up mm-hmm. and have my business ride with the market. You know, COVID hit, you know, it was it was pretty bad. So um, everything was pretty bad. So I wanted, you know, I said this to me was a perfect time. Kind of start when it's low and ride the way going up. And we've been banging it out ever since. We've been busy, swamp. That's you know, right living living a business life dream so yeah <laughs> yeah well and so obviously you've done quite a bit of revenue in a pretty short amount of time so let's talk about you know from a from a systems perspective what was something or I, let me say it like this what was the struggle what was the biggest struggle from when you started until now in growing what you've you know been able to grow so one of the biggest 
struggles I probably would have to say is getting my name out there. That's that's okay. that's pretty obvious, right? Nobody knows you. Nobody knows your story. Right. Nobody knows what yeah. you do. They just say, yeah, you have a construction business. Well, what do you do? What do you specialize in? Right. So one of the things that we had to kind of figure out what, what we specialize in, because when you say you're a general contractor, that's just, that's a general term, you know, right. stuff like that. Or they say you are a carpenter. Carpenter is a broad spectrum of different carpentry work. That's right. So we had to really put out, really, you know, find out our niche. And our niche right now is outdoor spaces. Yeah. And we've been, we've been hitting it. Like I said, getting our, getting our name out there. What else? You know, letting people know who we are and yeah. obviously funding your own business through your own money is a big yeah. thing. So can we start on business? Not really, not a lot of companies really want to give you business funding. Right. And, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that when you go for the SBA loans, small business loans, well, you need to be in business for two years before they even right. look at you. So that's a lot of stuff that people don't really know, the little details and stuff like that. So you in there, right. you funding your own business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even at the two-year mark right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then, so... So I'm hearing you say marketing, getting your name out, exposure. Yeah. Give us some examples of ways that have just crushed for you. Because obviously you've, it's been a struggle, but you've overcome that, right? Like you're getting, you got a lot of work. So what's, yeah. what's been the best way for you to be able to get yourself out there? So we started out on Angie's Leads. Angie's and Home Advisor, they're one company. Yeah, they're one company now. So we yeah. started out on that. That was our way in okay. because we didn't have too much of a following at that point. Yeah, 100%. So that that was our need lead flow. Yeah, right. We need a lead flow. After that, it's just social media based. Like I have a website, so but we don't really so I'm not I don't really push my website too much because a lot of my clients come from Instagram and Facebook and social media base. And a lot of my work is on my social media base. So I say that we kind of have a website just because the world says we need a website. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff is on is social media based. I mean, I can we can get into numbers about how how much I may spend on a lead on Angelus right. versus I mean how much I may spend on the same amount of money. Say I spend a hundred dollars on a lead on Angelus, I could spend a hundred dollars on Instagram and get seven leads. Right. Right. So but I'm not mad at Angie's a home advisor because that was the way in, right? They right. gave the way into the business and then we migrated, migrated on. So marketing. Yeah, it's an interesting piece that you're talking about here. I want to, I want to point it out for the listener is that w whether you're in a, the trades business like you are, or whether you're in, you know, franchise retail, like I am, or real estate, like I am, whatever the different industries, right? Mm. You need leads. Period. Like <laughs> you need story. That's what new it projects, is. you need new, new clients, you need new jobs. Like that's by far one of the most important things, obviously. But um, to your point is that just because one lead source might be quote unquote better or maybe cheaper or however we're quantifying this, this KPI, right? Mm. Just because one might be better, it doesn't necessarily mean that you go back to the other one and get rid of it. You right. still just, you just run the numbers. Right. You know, to your point, if the one is a hundred bucks and the other one's 50 bucks, but both leads make you money. Exactly. You don't go back and get rid of the, quote unquote, twice as expensive lead. No, we, I would never, I would never get rid of it. It's just, because it, it's still a source. 
you yeah. don't you know, start cutting your sources off. You know, you build, you have multiple sources, like multiple sources of income. You have multiple sources of of, of client leads and right. things of that nature. You don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of it. Have we migrated? Oh yeah, we definitely migrated. We, we stepped it up. You know, we got 3,600 followers on Instagram. So right, right. We, we stepped it up, but you don't cut, you don't cut, you know, <laughs> body parts <laughs> off now. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, I love the, the perspective. Yeah. You don't cut body yeah. parts. I mean, why would you just because your right hand might be stronger and you're right with it doesn't mean you cut off the left hand. You're right. So it's, that's, that's the business and construction business itself is, it's this fast moving business. I mean, yeah. you got to stay on it and you can really get behind the ball if you don't stay on it. I mean, every day. So right. yeah, it's just, yeah. It, it, on Instagram, just, I think we've got a lot of folks that have, you know, whether they've tried social media, whether they've just thought about lead generation, you know, I think lead generation in general is a big topic, but specifically for the listener who hasn't hit that seven figure revenue mark yet, they're thinking like, how do I get new clients usually? Mm-hmm. And so on Instagram, you said, you know, I could spend a hundred bucks over there, for example, and get, you know, more leads. Is that, is that on paid shout outs? Is that on just Instagram ads? Like give us just a quick download. Uh, Instagram ads. Instagram ads, Facebook ads. Is and you have an agency doing this for you, or you fit you spent some time and figured it out yourself. You took a course. Like, what's the what's the story? <laughs> it's simple. It's really simple. You post a picture of your work, right? You go on Instagram and you say, "I want to run this ad campaign for say I normally give a small budget of ten dollars a day for ten days, hundred dollars, right? Yeah. I that ten days it gives a, you. you give you region or the area you want to run the ad in and then you just run the ad and then the leads start coming in. You got, but you have to, we have to do good work. That's, that's sure. another thing. You can't put lipstick on a pig, right? And they expect <laughs> <laughs> that's up. right. No, that's right. Have, it has to be you know, a, a pretty cow all the way through. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it sells itself in social media where i mean it sells itself i mean it's, it's pretty much that simple i mean but we put out good work good products so they they tend to migrate to us when we put that out there yeah i love that love that okay i want to know we're going to try and transition to decision making i want to know of a just a good decision you've kind of already talked about maybe a good decision in, in getting leads but give me like a clear distinctive moment of like boom i made this decision and it was like yes great move that we made in business I do have employees, right? Of course, but yeah. One, but one of my main decisions that I really stuck to is leaving my field workers as subcontractors. Okay. Tell you why. It takes a lot of liability off of the company. So they have the own insurance. They're required to obviously have workers' comp because if I have workers' comp, they need that workers' comp. So they have the own insurances. But it takes the liability off of the company because if something happens, it falls on obviously their insurance. So here in the state of Maryland, subcontractors are, are not required to have a license. They fall under my license here in the state sure. of Maryland. So long as it's my job, I have my subcontractor, they have my license, but I require them to have their own insurance. Because if something happens, it's, it, it, I don't want to sound really bad or anything like that, but it takes a liability off of my company right. in those events. So yeah. I think that <clears throat> having good subcontractors was one of the best decisions that I told myself to have, at least as far as in the field. Yeah. They work just like employees for us. 
they, you know, you give them a task, it's a task for them to, to take care of. It's under their company, but they build it for me. They, you know, they have their own liability. I have my own liability. We can part ways if, if need be. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the strategy that you're describing, cause you could go either way, right? You could have, mm -hmm. have them on your team and they'd be part of your business and you'd have to cover the insurance and all that fun stuff. But, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you would have probably a little bit different control. It doesn't mean that you don't have control now. It just means that if they have their own business. They can mm -hmm. technically, you know, do their own thing, but the value that you're providing to them covering with the license, being able to go out and get jobs. Mm -hmm. It's really what you've become is you become this marketing machine where you've got the jobs. If they want work, then they do business with you, Yep. which there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's, it's, it's a business model that allows you to be best at what you do, which sounds mm -hmm. like of you know, you got the license and you're securing the jobs and then you're, you're matching those things with, with high quality subs. Cause otherwise your name would be, like you said, it would be lipstick on a pig. <laughs> but, but, but we, I haven't, so I haven't started out that way though. So how I started out with my business, I was building myself. I was getting my own right. clients. No, I had no employees then that I trained up. I built, I was building myself. I'm up there, all tools, hammers, everything. But one guy that a good friend of mine, one mentor that I have, he said, always told me once you get to the opportunity to work on the business instead of in the business is always the best route to go. Right. Because you always can guide your company when you're working on it instead of in it. When you're working in it, something's going to fall off. You're, you're juggling too much. Something's going to suffer somewhere. So while you're working on the business, you can definitely lead your company into the direction that you want to take it. So yeah, but starting starting off, I mean, I was building. We was out there, you know, out there in the heat, swinging. Yes, nail guns, all sorts of stuff. So I'm I'm down. I'm like I said, I'm down to earth with the guys. I understand what the, the challenges that they have because I started out building myself. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so tell me, let's flip the coin here. Tell me about a bad decision that you made along the way that that uh, looking back was almost detrimental. I will say this. I had to learn how to say no. Okay. Because saying yes is really expensive. Really, really expensive. <laughs> okay. There's a, there's a story under there. <laughs> <laughs> and so not to get into too much detail with a client, but so in the residential side, you have to kind of set authority with your clients and let them know what you want to do and what you're not going to do. Because if so, they would get away with anything that can possibly get away with. So we had one project where we had to follow HOA rules in a neighborhood building the deck, but he wanted a certain different way. And then I said, you know what? I built it. That's the way you want to do it that way, right? I'm, I'm sorry, backtrack. I built it the HOA way, and then he wanted something else that ended up costing me like three, $4,000 more right. that I fronted yeah yeah i ate that and i was like okay so for now on we setting authority this is this is we follow policies this is just what it is so that was one of the times where it was like god dang it yeah <laughs> god yep. darn it. So, and so so the the root there what i'm hearing you say is that you were actually trying to do what was right for him you, trying to please the customer yeah you were trying to give him the experience that he had hoped for mm-hmm it just didn't line out the way that it was supposed to. And it cost you some money. <laughs> yeah, it cost me some money. And, and that's why I say I got to start, you know, saying no. 
You know, we all wants to please our clients and make make our clients the happiest people in the world because it's under your company and stuff like that. But when you set authority inside the company, you got to kind of just learn the word no because yes yeah. is really expensive and really expensive. <laughs> time yeah. and money, yeah. not even just money, it's time as well. Once you say yes, you've been committed yourself to that time. Whether it's you, money or not, you committed your time to that. Time is money, so. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that the person listening right now, you've already given you know so many locking points in, in a business. Number one, you talked about working on versus in, and what that means a lot of times. Even though you're a skilled tradesman or you're good at, you know, in this case, when I've owned my first franchise, I was in the store cutting fruit, mm-hmm. <clears throat> making deliveries, you mm-hmm. know, and. That just, you can't, you can't grow to seven locations in three states, 60 employees by being, you know, the one cutting the fruit. Yeah. You, you so, kind of limit yourself there yeah. working in it. You definitely limit yourself working in it for sure. Right. Exactly. So we're talking about mentality of growth. And then even just more recently here, we we're talking about being able to say, no, it seems counterproductive because 10 minutes ago you were talking about, well, you need leads, you need jobs. Mm. But, but really what we're saying is that, man, if you can really get specific and work on instead of in and not get caught up in day to day or job to job. Mm-hmm. And what you can be focused on is what you're best at or what makes the most sense or what makes the most money. Um, and then, and then fill the pipeline with those, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether that's Instagram, Angelis or yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> hire your weaknesses, hire your weaknesses. If you're weak okay, give us an example of that. I mean, that's obviously when we, we heard that, what does that mean for you? So what that means for me is, so I'm really, I'm not that, I'm not the best at paperwork. <laughs> I, a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, can relate to that. <laughs> so you hire somebody, hire somebody to do paperwork, permits, a lot of that, a lot of the paperwork stuff. We're running for permit. I'm sorry, applying for permits, right. filing. There's a lot of different paperwork things. So I'm not the best at paperwork. I'm not saying I'm not great. I'm not saying I'm terrible. Right. It's just paperwork is one of the things that I don't really like that. <laughs> I do that. I can read it and sign it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But yeah, I think that the reality there is we, like you said, we, if we can put together a team that, that, you know, of skill sets that can actually complement each other, then, then a lot of things can get done. Cause you're right. <clears throat> In order to sign off on the permit, you don't necessarily need to read through the detail or be the one to call. Right. Um, exactly. Or be the one to fill out the application or right. fill in the blank. And I think too, when, when you hire the right people, like you're saying, and they understand their role, not so much of like, Hey, get in your place, but more of a, Hey, you're good at this. And when you own this, it allows me to own this and they work really well together. Yeah. So like when you're on, I can be on. And when I'm on, you can be on and yeah. together. It's like, boom, you know? Yeah. Teamwork, make the dream work, man. That's, that's, that's the mentality you gotta have, man. You gotta have a good team to make the dream come true i mean you can you just can't do it by yourself it's, it's not really in my opinion humanly possible to do everything by yourself if you yeah. try to something's going to fail some aspect of the business is going to fail because you know you can't only you can only just spread yourself but so far to be successful right. in my opinion so yeah i appreciate that perspective for sure i think we've all heard it a lot to know what it's been like for you specifically in your side of your story is great. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. 
We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. What would you say is like a discipline or maybe a process that you follow now when it comes to decision-making? Uh, don't make decision out of desperation. Mm, good. You're going to kick okay. yourself. You're going to kick yourself later on down the run because you're going to, you're going to look, when you look back on it, you're going to realize that you made a decision out of just being desperate for whatever reason, whatever situation that you was in at the time, you made a right. decision out of desperation. And then you want to realize that wasn't the best decision to make because that didn't cost me, I don't know, time or money here. Yeah. I'm at now looking back on it. So yeah. uh, I try to not make, you know, because running the business is not for everybody. I can tell you that now. That's right. So, it's been times where I was in the corner of my house, just with my head down, stressing out. Because you got things, you still got, we still have bills to pay at home. So, <laughs> so you get the business gotta, bills and then it's got to trickle home. <laughs> right. You still got to come home. You still got to pay yourself. <laughs> right. The whole nine y'all, you still got to live. So it's like when, that's why I say don't make decisions out of desperation because that was one times one of my hard times was when I made a decision out of desperation. It hurt me in the in the long run. Looking back on it, so just don't make decisions out of desperation. Stay away from that. It's gonna be tough. It's definitely gonna be tough. It's always hard. Business is hard by itself, and then don't don't add on to what's already complicated. If business is already complicated. Don't add on to the complication. You know. Right. Yeah, and so I just want to clarify here for the listener, because you're, what you're saying is so true. And this decision-making out of desperation can, can be, you know, it could be put into almost any scenario mm-hmm. in business and or even life. And so it could be you're, you're on the estimate and you lower your price because you're desperate to get a job. Mm-hmm. It could be that you choose to do a type of work that you don't normally do because you're desperate to get a job. You maybe keep an employee longer than you're supposed to because you're desperate you know, because you can't hire anybody else. About the employees, about the world we live in now is having, you know, employees to work. It's the employee side of things now. It's a little difficult, but it's a touchy situation because if I'm looking at it from an employee aspect, they say, well, you guys not paying us enough. Well, looking at the business aspect, well, I pay you for your skill set, right? So, you can't expect to get top carpenter to pay if you come in at in an entry level. It just because right. I have to train, if I have to train you, I can't pay you for a master carpenter. Right. But that's always the the battle between the business owner aspect and the employee. I I get I was employee. I understand one hundred percent. I mean, running the but running the business, I can only charge for so much. So I can't pay you more money if I'm not making no more money, right? 
Right. Especially with wood prices going up, that's costing me a lot more money. So we, it's always a balance that we got to have. Yeah. But keep a good work environment. Make guys want to be working. Yeah. Stuff like that. So. Yeah, it, it, you're you're talking about all the back end things that keep you away from being desperate in that moment where you know you need to let somebody go or you don't need. You probably shouldn't hire this guy, but you do mm-hmm. anyway because you're desperate. I think it goes back to your original, you know, thought of. <clears throat> not making decisions out of desperation. Oh, yeah. Any we, else you want to add there? We definitely underbid it on a job before. Oh, well, I said I, I underbid it on the job before <laughs> out of desperation because I just wanted to fill my schedule up so bad. Right. And, and oh, my God, that was a stressful time for me. So that what was, would you say to that person who's listening right now who's like, well, I don't, I mean, how else am I supposed to get the job? Like they're they're a little bit stuck in their way of thinking out of that desperation. What would you say to you back then now? Oh, I would say that a lot of a lot of people always struggle on how much do I charge? We, do, we, I get that question a lot in the debt building business. Well, how much do I charge? How do I know I'm charging enough? Well, you have to re- take your, it's a lot of aspects to getting your, your number. I always like to take 30%. The business needs to take 30% off of each contract, right? So we, we overhead, materials, permits, everything that's going to cost me money. And then take 30% of that is what the business needs to need to see. And that's after everything, right? So once you once you realize that you get your number, stick to your number. Right. That's that's and then when you start lowering your number and you're eating all that cost. Yep. Why? Because you're desperate yep. for, for a job. I understand it, it'd be a hard time. I, I've I've been there. I've been desperate to get a job or to fill my schedule up. I've been there. And I tell you right now, it is not a good feeling. When it comes around, you gotta pay. You gotta pay these guys to work. You gotta pay all this money for red, rising lumber prices. You gotta. You have all this stuff to pay, and then then your number then dwindle down to almost zero. Yeah. Sometimes I've had projects where I've lost money on that project, and I have to fill up my schedule to make up for that. Right. Why? Because I was desperate at the time, trying to get the job, and just. I've been there. I'm telling you, stay away from it. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Feeling you know, I, there's something I hear in the trades a lot is well, I got to keep my guys busy. And I understand that perspective because obviously if you keep you guys busy, they stay with you. They're not going to bounce around to other companies. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a baseline in that thought of like, okay, well, I, the, the least that I've got to do is at least find enough work to get these guys busy. I'll sacrifice. But if, if I can keep them busy, they're at least going to stick around. But what I'm hearing you say is, don't discount yourself. I know that you want to keep the guys busy, but just that, that thought of keeping quote unquote, keeping the guys busy. It's like, no, no, no. Go out and project real jobs, go out and project a real pipeline. It goes all the way back to what you were saying at the very beginning. If you have multiple lead sources Mm -hmm. and, and obviously if you've got a good sales process and you're not, you know, cutting into the number, Mm -hmm. then you're going to keep the guys busy plus make money. (laughs) Oh yeah. Trust the process. If you have a process, trust your process. Don't deviate from your process because if your process has gotten us, like we, our first year, we three, dollars $400,000 in sales. And this year, we're going to do over a million dollars in sales, right? Why? Because I'm trusting my process more and more and more. It sounds weird to say I'm trusting more and more and more because when you lay it all out, it's kind of scary. Like, am I doing yeah. the right thing? Trust your process through and through. Yeah. So I put God first, right? So 
going back to what I said, I started my business in 2020, right? In the middle of COVID. People call me crazy as hell, right? They call me crazy. So, but my thing at that time was God gives me this vision and nobody's going to see that vision but me. It's not meant for whoever over there to see that. It's not meant for them to see. It's only meant for me to see. So I'm the only person to see my vision. Meaning to say, trust your process. Yeah. Keep your faith and trust your process. It's meant to be, you know, it's going to be tough. Everything's tough. Everything yeah. that's, that's meant to have is not I'm never going to be smooth sailing. But you have to trust your process all over the reason. Yeah. And just, and I love, I love that perspective that the vision is meant for you because we all have this thought of what it's supposed to be, what our life's supposed to be, what the business is supposed mm -hmm. to be. And, and obviously that vision should, like you said, lead us to faith that helps us make actions and decisions, mm -hmm. which is what we've talked about here today mm -hmm. towards, towards that vision coming to fulfillment. And so I just appreciate that. Let me go to, into the speed round here. I want to kind of come at you in a different angle here. I want you to take your entire business, James. I want you to dwindle it down into one trackable metric. If you could only pick one thing to track forever and ever, what would it be? Marketing. It comes back to your initial thing here. Okay. And, and we've, we've talked a lot about marketing, fill in the pipeline. Give us just one sentence on why would you choose that out of all the things in the business? Because without marketing, you don't have sales. It's, just, it's that simple. <laughs> you can't sell nothing people don't know you have. <laughs> That's right. For people to know you have, you need marketing. You can have the, the greatest, shiniest widget, <laughs> mm -hmm. but if nobody knows about it, you can't, nobody can't knows even you have it. Nobody's going to buy it. That's right. Okay. What book would you recommend, James, for a six-figure business owner to read? You know, that's a, tough, that's a tough answer, man. I actually have a book right here. Let me step off camera for a second. Did I read that's it? fine. Yeah, yeah. Here. Okay. Complete Guide to Money, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, I've read that book. I'm going to say this. If you haven't read the book, you need to read that book. You, the way that you said I've read that book, it didn't seem like you skimmed it. It sounded like you studied it. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, everybody knows Dave Ramsey, right? So you have to find people that's actually, in your opinion, that's kind of successful and kind of read their story. Simply be like myself. I'm an open book and... I, I figured Dave Ramsey opened book because he wrote his own book, right? So <laughs> you, you got to kind of read other people's stories as well. It helps you along the road because once you hit a fork in the road or or you run over a nice big fat pothole, That's right. it helps you navigate those challenges that you, that you may run into. Putting a lot of good thoughts and opinions in your head kind of helps your brain to go back to some of those and put your own little spin on it and, and make it make it something that you can do or things in that nature. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I, I read the book and I love it. So that, that's helped me for sure. You know, I think it's, it's amazing what you just said, because in essence, you described this podcast, not like the podcast itself, but you telling your story today, mm -hmm. right? Someone listening today is hearing you because you're where they want to be, mm -hmm. right? You guys are, are, are going to hit this, the million dollar mark over the million dollar mark. And oh, yeah. they're thinking, man, it, wouldn't that be the dream? Right. And so they're, they're hearing your story today. Like you're uh -huh. reading Dave's and, and I think it's, you're absolutely right. It, we've got to continually put things in front of us that not only inspire us, of course, we want to be inspired, mm -hmm. but, but it gives us like, okay, how did he do it? Yeah. And, and you've been an incredible example of that today. 
Next question for you is, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, and why? Because we bounce ideas off each other. That's just what it is. So I have probably a circle of roughly five people. I mean, this is a, my core circle. Of course, you network all the time, but we're talking like really close friends. Yeah. That in all actually, we worked at the same company together and we all out entrepreneur on our own selves. Nice. Very you cool. Know, or not together, but you know, they sure. Don't, yeah. 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 Collaborating. Yeah. We bounced ideas off each other. If I had this, this hump in the road that yeah. I've overcome, I bounced off him and vice versa. He yeah. tells me, or they may tell me some things that they've done that helped me, you know, when I ever, if I ever get to that point, you know, it's it be bounced off days off each other. That's just the way to go. I mean, network for sure. So. Yeah. Love that. Okay. If you only had one hour, James, to work on your business each week, what would you do in that one hour each week to successfully run it like you do now? Mm -hmm. Good question. <laughs> One hour. <laughs> now it's not a lot of time. <laughs> I had to say, make sure and some good marketing. One hour. <laughs> some That's <marketing>. right. <laughs> one hour. <laughs> Fill the pipeline, huh? There's old pipeline marketing. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, James. Last question: If you lost it all, what would you do? If I lost it all, I'm so far into my entrepreneurship it will be too hard for me to go backwards into the workforce myself. I'm too far ahead to, to go backwards. If I lost it all, I got a whole van full of tools. I can go back and hit the field myself and start working myself. I can find a way to make some money now. Yeah. Yeah. You know how to market. <laughs> I know how to market. <laughs> I go on the market. You just call, call up your lead sources tomorrow and set up a new account, right? <laughs> yeah. There we go. So. That's good stuff, man. Well, how can, how can the listener connect with you, James? They, they like you. They want to get to know you better. They, they, they want to learn contracting. They want to, they're in Maryland listening right now. They want to do subcontracting work for you. So I'm at Facebook, Instagram, social media at McLean Contracting LLC. 1-C-M-C-L-E-A-N Contracting LLC. Email info at McLeanContracting.net. Different way. That's the way to, kind of, to uh, get in contact with me. So yeah, we appreciate that, man. Yeah, and you said you're an open book. You said that a couple times. Obviously, we said this off air, but like you're you're just a real dude, just a real yeah. guy out there making it work. Um, haven't been in business that long, but man, some incredible success. And and we just appreciate you sharing your story, James. We wish you nothing but continued success and a blessing in your family. You know, I, I don't think we heard the kids very very much there, but man, oh. almost hoping that we did. You know, because <laughs> man, it, it's the legacy piece, right? I've heard my two year old. <laughs> hey that that's all right you know i think i think every entrepreneur at least at least in today's world i can guarantee you probably 90 percent of the entrepreneurs listening to this story today they're thinking yep i've been in that moment with uh, kids in the background so dude just thank you again for making it happen we appreciate your time nothing but blessing to you and your family thank you thank you for listening to gathering the kings today i hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away more importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that 
it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.